We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Before we get to the episode and that theme music from my guy Nick Zav, shout out to Nick Chavez, Ryan Pisner, Christopher Velasquez, Corey Johnson Hoops, Derek Pleates, and Daniel Gibson. And shout out to all the other members of the Patreon as well. If you want to join our Patreon and support the show, patreon.com slash veterans minimum. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Veterans Minimum. The boy here, Lamb, at the Lamb Show is where you can find me. Joining me today, a very special guest, one of my guys, top five on the food wow. Dylan. Top five. I like that. I like top five. What's up, everybody? Yo, again, calling you uh, last minute and you come through. Remember, we did the Kobe thing together. That was when you made your debut. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, uh, it was fun. Uh, I was a little nervous before getting on, but it was cool. I definitely enjoyed it. Now, I'm more. I feel like I'm more ready now. Yeah, this yeah, time I feel a little bit smoother. You're more of a grizzled vet now. Yeah, got the beard now. It just looks looks a lot better. Yeah. Yo, so when's the last time you saw any of our friends? Um, I mean, I see Ahmed. Ahmed is my neighbor now, so I see him every day. I wish I didn't. Now nah, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I see Ahmed. I see Davino. Uh. Every other day, I probably see the vino, but I see him every day, just like through the window, or he asks if I need something, you know. I ask that because you have an incredible beard right now, and when you logged on to the Zoom, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Bro, the last time I saved my beard was the last time I was at work, which was like the early stages of March. And then once I stopped working because of COVID, I just was like, I'm going to let this beard go into survivor mode. Yo, I, I had a beard just like that, that crazy, but then it just got too much. Dude, I was combing it. Like, when I'm streaming, I would comb my beard, and it got just yeah. so lengthy. Somebody, it's, it's funny, somebody scared me yesterday. I was in the supermarket. I had my mask on, but 
it obviously sticks through the mask and they're like, you know that the mask kind of doesn't do anything now that you have that beard. It's like a germ catcher. I was like, please do not tell me that. I'm going to say right now, please no. Uh, Yo, yeah. Shout out to Beard Gang though. But dude, it's been pretty cool watching this Last Dance stuff. I had Impy on last week. Probably going to get him on again next week. But uh, I wanted to get someone different on here too. And um, we always shoot the shit about sports and all that. So I figured to get you on and most importantly, how much money do you want to spend on some of these sneakers that be popping Bro, up in these documentaries? Listen, the main, it's funny because people watch it. I'm just looking at something completely different while the whole show is going on. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. And it gives me anxiety too. It really does. Because uh, yesterday, I don't know if you noticed, like, it's, let me paint a picture. Um, I could tell you like where Mike was in his career or what happened by the shoes he's wearing. That's how I know everything. That's how I know the events. That's how I know everything. So, like, you could show me a picture of Jordan. He's wearing sixes. I know he won his first title that year. I know, like, it's stuff like that, you know? So there's a pair of sixes called infrared sixes that uh, before the, the Lakers game, game one, uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if you noticed. I noticed this because I look at the shoes. They pin really quick down to his shoes as he's taking the floor in L.A. And it's infrared sixes. And I don't have that pair. It's a pair I need. And I'm like, oh, God damn it, I need that pair. And, you know, I hope the price don't go up now because they just did that. It's like, gives me so much anxiety. It's funny. Yeah, I've been looking at the sneakers just because I know how much of an influence clearly they have over you. And I'm kind of a sneakerhead, too. Not, not like you, though. Like, you got it. I like your whole setup. Yo, yo guys, Dylan in his basement, shout out <laughs> to Basement Gang, has mad sneakers. And they're piled up on boxes like the way you envision a sneakerhead having it. He got... He got some gems. He got some gems I want to just steal from him. Yo, if we had the same size, bro, I'd be knocking yeah, on no. your door all the time. And I know but you would I, let me I, hold I them down. I will happen? And I said, I know you would let me hold them down, too. I, I, I think I would. I think I would. And that <laughs> says a lot because you know what sneakers are to me. Yo, would you rather someone slap you or step on your sneakers? Slap me. You could slap the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yo, let's get into, let's get into parts. Going- I'll, I'm sorry, I'll be going about my business and I'll say like, oh, I don't want to do that, but I have this pair of sneakers on. I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, just real quick story. Now that I remembered, you're, uh, there was one time we were getting ready to go out and there was like snow. Oh my God, I know the story. And your brother wanted to wear like, what, what sneakers were they? They were like a suede too? Yeah, they were Raptor 7s. And like I got them probably like two and a half weeks before. Oh my God. Yeah, we were ready. It was rough. It was rough. We were ready to go out, and Dylan's brother was like, yo, I'm going to wear them. And Dylan just snapped. He was like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? You can't wear those out. It was like five inches of snow on the floor and suede. Crazy. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, dude. So episode three and four, just overall thoughts. What did you think about these? And Or have you been enjoying – stupid question, because I I probably know your answer, but just for the audience, have you been enjoying the the Last Dance series so far? Yeah, I have. But I feel like – um, I feel like they do too many um, like jumps in time in time difference, like mm. an episode. Like uh, you'll get the character backstory. They're like three main points, right? You get the character backstory that they focus on. Then you get the early like Bulls dynasty struggle that we've seen so far, and then you mm. get that last nineteen or nineteen ninety eight year. Mm. And I feel like they do it a little too too much each episode, where it's see to us we know everything but like i was sitting next to my sister and she's like wait what is this now what, what this guy you know what's going on so you have to explain i feel like to someone that don't know the career of everybody that might you know it, it might mess up their their understanding of what's going on <clears throat> yo i i kind of got to disagree with you there man because i think one of my favorite things is how they're jumping really yeah dude i don't know I, maybe because it's not something that i'm used to like usually documentaries they they kind of start at the beginning and then and they, they go to the end, right? Yeah. Or maybe they'll do like the one flashback where like they'll show, you know, they're, they're doing a, a Kobe documentaries coming out soon on that last season. So they'll probably, I'm just speculating, but they'll probably show that last game Mamba out and then bring you to the beginning. To the be- where, yes, yes. Where this one, I really like the pattern of they're showing you the beginning of the 1998 season and then they're jumping to early Mike and, but then they're bringing you back to, like, they're not going straight into the playoffs. Like, yesterday, the last thing we saw was when they play the Jazz at the All-Star yeah. break and they end up losing to Utah. 
and everyone's saying it's a finals repeat again. It's a finals rematch. It's going to happen. You know, it's inevitable. Why? Let's just skip to June and, and go there. Mm-hmm. But I, I, yeah, man, I've been enjoying it because I think it gives you so much of a backstory as to like why Michael Jordan is the person he is. In particular, if you go back to parts one and two, one of my favorite parts was when Dean Smith, when he's at UNC, is like, mm-hmm. yo, man, you're going to be open. And who, ca- who gives a fuck that you're a rookie? Like, you're going to be open. You're our best player. You got to take the shot. And then that shows Jordan being like, yo, that gave me the confidence as an 18, 19 year old kid that people believe in me. And then from there, it's like it's on. It's like Aaron Jordan yeah. has been birthed. So, yeah, just to disagree with you a bit, it it is a lot. It could be a lot to take in, though. I agree with you For there. For an outside viewer, that because we, you know, we know what happens. We know everything. But if you were someone that didn't know, cold turkey, you know, I feel like it could be a little confusing. Has there been anything in the documentary so far that you've seen, uh, especially last night, that caught you by surprise that you didn't know? Because I have one. I just want to hear what yours was. Well, I mean, what uh, last night, um, the whole um, uh, coaching, Phil Jackson thing, I didn't know if he was in Puerto Rico. I didn't know all that stuff. I didn't even know the uh, Dennis Rodman thing, but Dennis Rodman's a crazy dude. You figure there'd be some crazy Dennis Rodman story. What surprised me the most, I don't know if you touched on it last week, was the whole Scottie Pippen and getting paid thing. That's crazy. I didn't know that. I did, and I kept it a buck with people. I did not know that he was that underpaid, bro. That's 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 it's wild, bro. Well, that's like, yeah, yeah. Which and he's probably the, what the sec. He's a top five player in the league, and he's the sixth most expensive guy on his team. Wild. That's a steal. That's that's how teams are that great, though. You know. That's true. Yeah. I mean, you look at the history of of any league, any dynasty, there's always that favorable contract. And in recent memory, the Steph Curry deal, people forget that Steph Curry was not Steph Curry because he had the ankle issues and Golden State was like, yo, look, we'll give you four for 40. He signs that extension. And then the Mm -hmm. next year he wins MVP. So you got Steph Curry for four years paying him Dick, you're not giving him, yeah, yeah, you're not giving him anything with Kyle Lowry's making 33 million a year. <laughs> so uh-huh. that's how you have the luxury of, and sure, look, they drafted him too, so you can't take credit away from. Well, the Bulls didn't draft him, it was actually the silence, something I didn't know at the time either. I didn't know that that trade went down, mm-hmm. but like going back to the Warriors, they drafted Clay, they drafted Draymond, they drafted Steph Curry. But also, you know, they go and they get Iguodala. They go and get these pieces that they wouldn't be able to do if they didn't have Curry on such a team-friendly deal. And even KD, bro, when they brought in KD, the only reason they could do that is because they weren't paying anyone yet. So, yeah, yeah. I agree with you on the team-friendly deal. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's like that, that uh, Pippen deal is like criminal, you know. It's, it's almost criminal. It's, 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 it's crazy. I think the one thing that really caught me by surprise was – the part that they're talking about the Cavaliers, I did yo, completely honest with you, bro. I did not know that the Cavs were that good then. Like I knew I mean, about price. I knew about some of the yeah. guys, but I didn't know that everyone's saying, yo, the Celtics run is coming to an end and, and, and it's the Pistons now who, who's next up. And it's like the Cavs and the Bulls. I never knew that. I got to be completely honest with you. No, nah, yeah, I didn't either. I mean, like you said, you know, I knew that they weren't a bad team. They were in the playoffs, but, they said that even the Chicago Riders were saying the Bulls are going to lose. You know, it's it's crazy thing about it now because it's Mike. You know, the, right. that Cavs team was supposed to beat that team. It, it was a bit of a surprise. I love the quote with Ron Harper when they tell him that Elo's going to be on MJ in that game five with the shot. <laughs> which, I think that, yeah, that's really the kind of shit that you see. My favorite part has uh, of this documentary just as a whole is that you see some they say some shit that, like, you would say with your boys. Yeah. Right? Like, Horace Grant is like, yo, bunch of bitches. Talking bunch about of the bitches, business. yeah. And then Ron uh-huh. Harper being like, come on, fam. You really going to put that through? Like, because, like, you know, bro. You know that, yo, me and you, when we play pickup, we <laughs> always guard each other. Because <laughs> if there's ten plays going on, we take, like, seven of them off. We're like, yo, you want uh-huh. to turn up? All right, yeah, man, let's go. <laughs> but you just know that, like, there's certain people that either take it more seriously or are just – like, yo, you can't guard that dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, the team, yo, the players always know. They say, like, when, when rookies first come into camp, the first time they debut, 
no matter what the sport is, the vets know that, like, yo, this kick a ball, this kick a hang. And then they yeah. also know that, damn, son, we about to rebuild again because this guy isn't mm-hmm. going to help us. And Ron Harper being like, all right, man, fuck it. He just that's some, fucked it. What do you say? Like, fuck this like, bullshit? And that's some bullshit or something. Yeah. Like. And then, lo and behold, he hits the shot. And I didn't know that. He's like, get the fuck out of here. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. It's going him. Fuck homies. <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah, one of the more iconic, I think, uh, sport clips you, you see. And it's crazy to think that with all the shots that Jordan has hit, that one and, like, when he crosses over Russell against the Jazz, I think are the two yeah. that they showed the most. And that one wasn't even, like, a finals, obviously, because they're in the East. But I think that's, like, such an iconic shot, man, the shot. What's, what Jordans did he have on for those? He had bread fours, which I luckily have, thank God. <laughs> yeah, yo, you ain't kidding about knowing the timetable based on the sneakers. I can I can tell you all of them. There's episodes that are coming up too that I'm worried because I don't have that shoe yet, and I know they're gonna cover it. And I'm like, damn, I need that shoe. Yo, they you show. Ever, you ever uh, see the Gatorade commercial? It's funny we talk about this scene where uh, they take really famous um, uh, sports scenes and they change it, and that shot was one of them. It's the same thing. Mike takes a shot, but he misses. You ever see that Gatorade commercial? I have seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, I think it's also like there's a football one where the guy just gets overthrown. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Mike, you know, upset. He just missed. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so they show uh, they show a lot of Dennis Rodman. And uh, I, I think the main two talking points, like, you know, episode one, it's kind of the introduction. Episode two, it's a lot. It's very Scotty based. Episode mm-hmm. three and four, it's very Phil Jackson and Dennis Rodman. They start, yeah. they start showing Dennis Rodman. And from the beginning, they kind of explain to you that, like, this dude just wants to do two things. He wants to defend and he wants to rebound. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to do anything more. Like, I don't <laughs> want to score. Dude, they have some stats over here. Four, four playoff games with the Chicago Bulls. Zero points, 22 rebounds. Zero points, 21 <laughs> rebounds. Zero points, 25 rebounds. And then he had a 10, 10, and 26 game. Uh, 10, 10, and 21. Sorry. So, like... This dude's scoring was, like, a surprise. And I think one thing that they really put in your head, bro, when you're watching these is that he did not want to do more than that. And nope, when, Scottie, when Scottie Pippen was out with this whole, like, holdout because of what we talked about before with him wanting more money, and rightfully so, Rodman had to become the beta to MJ's alpha. Mm-hmm. And, like, yo, you've seen how Michael Jordan is. Like, yo, I'm trying to win. I only yep. want to win. I don't give a fuck. And Rodman's like, yo, I want to just grab boards and fucking just <laughs> go on benders, son. It's funny when you think of, you know how hard it is to have, what was it, 25 rebounds? Yeah. You know how hard it is to have 25 rebounds and no points? That's hard. <laughs> That's hard to do. Because think about it. Some of those are, like, as some guy put up a shot, you grab the rebound, you're right into the basket. You can put it up again. But nah, I'm just going to grab the board. It's hard to do. I really, I really liked his breakdown of how, how much, you know, because, you know, if you judge a book by its cover, you look at a wild card like Dennis Rodman, you're like, yo, that dude probably don't study. He probably don't, like, grind in the film room. And then when you yeah. see him breaking down the art of rebounding, like, yo, that kind of made me, a, no lie, son, that kind of made me appreciate rebounding more when he's like, yo, I studied my opponent's backspin and front spin, and if it ricochets yep. off the left side, and they're showing clips. And I actually went to YouTube this morning just fucking around because, like, everyone's talking about the documentary, obviously, because there's nothing else to talk about in the <laughs> sports world. And they show there's, like, a three-minute compilation. And I know how compilation sometimes hits a little different, though. There's, <laughs> there's a rebounding compilation on Rodman. And it just shows him, like, dude, someone will take a three, and he's on the right elbow, and then he'll go to the left. And it's like, yo, he just knows. And it's, it's just, it's a, I got to send you the link after. And if I can find it again, I got to repost it. Cause yeah, it's cool. I'm it really, it really shows Rodman being that guy that they really needed. And a guy like that, I think also is always going to find a place in the league. Like now it's the three and D guy. Like if you yep. can be a lockdown perimeter defender and you could just hit threes, like you could play in the league for 10 years. Yeah. But I think with Rodman, man, he really changed the game where, you could become a, an icon, really, and a generational talent just doing the dirty work, like rebounding. What do you think about that? I definitely do agree. Like you said, the 3 and D, I feel like that was a 3 and D back then. Yeah. Um, and, I, yeah, and also, like you said, I didn't know he was that smart and he studied the game that much. 
And remember when they mentioned how he won that 48-hour bender and he came back like six days later? Oh, dude, of he course we're going to mention that. He was still in game shape. You know, they were worried about that. He was still ready to go. He did not stop. He needed that. It's, it's just strange how he works. But, yeah, what I also think helped, and I don't know if you'll agree, but I feel like the, the whole expressing himself worked too. The whole hair and the clothes and all that stuff. I feel like that worked as well to his advantage. Well, Rodman <laughs> is also showcased as the, uh, the party animal that he really was, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And that really started when they highlight Madonna who at the time, yeah. and I mean, Madonna's still like, she's like a Brazilian soccer star, bro. She goes by one name. Do you know like Madonna's full name? You know, you just, nah, I, don't think she, I don't think she don't even care what her last name is. Yeah. You just, you <laughs> just, it's, it's Madonna. So, and, and this is her in the nineties, mind you, she was even bigger than. Yeah. Yeah. This is like the shit. She's probably the Rihanna of the nineties. Yeah. You have to compare it. And they show they show that she's the one that kind of took him out of his shell and was like yo just be yourself and like who the fuck cares and my favorite thing about rodman was he really didn't give a fuck and he showed it like yo this is what i'm gonna be this is what makes me happy and i know nowadays that's like the new thing where people want to like strive for happiness and like strive for greatness and all that but dude sometimes like yo some people are not comfortable with actually being themselves because there's so much shit that you got to go through and another really yeah. telling part that rodman said he's like yo i will play basketball for free the scene where he's working out and he's yeah. talking to the reporters he's like yo but you get paid for all this bullshit that you got to deal with got to talk to reporters got to got to put on a front and this persona to be accepted yeah. by everyone and he's like yo that's why you get paid i, I thought that mm-hmm. was really interesting they uh i they didn't cover much which i thought they would um i also learned uh just by reading around that a lot of people in san antonio didn't accept him for what he was with the colored hair. Mm. And I guess because of where they were in Texas, things were a little bit different back then, you know, a guy having colored hair and all that kind of stuff in that time. And um, it, it kind of messed with him because, you know, where he was, people weren't accepting of him. And, um, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't touch on that either. Like I said, it, it kind of helped him in the long run when people became more accepting and he became who he was and comfortable with it. So, yeah, I thought they were going to touch on that as well. Who would you compare Carmen Electra to now? Back then in the 90s, she was, first of all, she was the most, she was trending in the United States, number one topic. Bro. Talk about a bombshell. Just, that's a pipe bomb being dropped. Yeah, she just popped up and I'm like, God damn it. Uh, That's tough. She's like, she's like, damn. Because, yo, so look, I'm kind of throwing you in a loop here for, for a few reasons because it's mad hard, bro, to compare someone. Like, the it girl, because I saw some people talking about how, like, she was on the cover of Playboy. She was on a UFC, early UFC, like, ring girl cover shit, too. Darren Ravel put up. But it's like, yo, it's so hard to determine that, especially now because of social media. Like, how many it girls are there now? Like, I was going to say, like, was she the Kim Kardashian of the 90s? But you can't even say that now because there's never been a Kim, like, because of the media coverage. So what would you say, like... Carmen Electra was, what would you say, how would you describe Carmen Electra in the night? Because, like, we even, like, for us, yo, for us, like, growing up, son, in the 90s, I think it was Carmen Electra and Pam Anderson were, like, the two, like. Yeah, they were, yo, like, Tupac and Biggie. <laughs> yeah, they really were. They were. Yeah. <laughs> they really were, son. Like, they were the, the it girls. They were, they were the girl you wanted to be with. Like, they were the girl you wanted to, yeah, you wanted to be with. Like, that was everyone's dream girl and shit. They're on Baywatch and all these other shows popping up. It's, um, it's hard, you know, it's, it's, it's hard because, because like you have to, I guess you think to the strictly movie stars and, and, uh, and like modeling because now everybody's an entrepreneur and they're posting from their basement, getting a thousand hundred million likes. And so it's hard to, to put it as to compare them to somebody from now I'm trying to think of who I would do it. And I'm not sure to be honest, Carmen Electra is, she's like a pioneer, bro. Yo, it's, you mentioned about musicians and, and movie stars. Like, she wasn't that. She was just a really beautiful woman. And Yeah, she, and it brought her. It's, it's Yeah, and dude, and to, you know, I couldn't believe when they showed her. I'm like, yeah, immediately hit the Google. I'm like, yo, how old is she? I'm like, 48. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what is happening? She was I'm great lo- for her age, this. right? Like, yeah, oh my yeah. God. But, yo, it's it's also, she's, she's heavily focused in this, and she has some really good quotes. How, like, it was... It was a 
Hazard being Dennis Rodman's girlfriend at the time. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of shit you think he put that woman through, bro? Oh, my God. I mean, who, think about it. She was in his bed, and Michael Jordan comes knocking on the door. Yo, come on. You got to go to work. She thinks it's the offseason. She didn't even know they were playing games. He's been on a rager for six days with her, and he, she don't even know it's the NBA season. Yo, over the, over the weekend was the NFL draft, and they showed – because the, the draft was in Vegas and they show a cutscene of Las Vegas Boulevard and like we've been to Vegas together and we've seen Vegas and like that shit is always just a fiesta and it's mm-hmm. dead son it's dead it hurts, so, it hurts to see right I know yo, it hurts you to see yeah yeah <laughs> it, it definitely hurts I've been to Vegas I think this is my seventh time that I've been to Vegas I've walked that thing so many times I've lost count but dude the reason why I bring that up is because anytime, Dill, I hear Vegas, and then you parlay that with a beautiful plus one like Carmen Electra, and Rodman just being like, yo, mid-season, I need a fucking vacation. Yeah, uh-huh. You know, you I, know crazy shit happened there. But I think, I think that goes back to what we were talking about before with Rodman, in all seriousness, how like he didn't want to do anything more. So him mm-hmm. becoming the Rodman to mj's batman because pippen was out with the holdout with the contract and he was also recovering from an injury too but mostly it was because he wanted that new deal yeah like for a guy to have that much more pressure on him you're going for a three-peat you need to be on your a game day in day yeah. out we're like now you also got to facilitate and score yeah just grab boards for me because i don't know uh, i'd be lying to you if i knew off the top what pippen was averaging after after the 97 when they won their fifth title, but I'm sure it wasn't three points a game. No, so, yeah, he was he was an all-star. Yeah, that's an extra burden that Rodman got to take over. He just snapped, bro. Where would you go if you had 40 hours to disappear? Where would you go? Uh, 40 hours. I'd probably go to a beach somewhere, like a tropical island. That's my, that's my, uh, my reset. Anytime I think of uh, my favorite place in the world or like a, a fantasy place, definitely a tropical beach, frozen drink beach sand clear water you can see through the bottom of and i'll just lay on the beach the whole day yeah that's a vibe bro i remember you telling me in miami we were just down there you're like yo uh this is dope and he's like yo i love doing nothing but sitting <laughs> on the beach that's my it's favorite shit to do frozen drink and float in the water for like 20 minutes and go back and lay down again yo the so best. that that also tells you a lot about mj when he just decides to also go to vegas which let's be honest mj is known to be a degenerate too i'm sure sure he wasn't over there strictly for rodman he's probably (laughs) like yo let's hit these tables quick also he's no saint he was probably he was probably you know gambling he fairly was a degenerate gambler so here comes the money here we go money talks here comes the money with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Las Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Part four also, they show, obviously, the Carmen Electra stuff and, and the Vegas stuff. What about Rodman just, like, drinking, I think it was a Miller Lite, and then getting on the motorcycle? On a motorcycle, you saw that? I was <laughs> like, like, wait a minute, he's not getting on that motorcycle, is he? <laughs> Two seconds later, vroom, vroom, And hold on, no one, no one's stopping him? Like, hey, man, no. that's cool. No one batted an eye. They were screaming, Dennis, come on, yeah. man. It was crazy. I just got off the plane drinking a beer right onto a motorcycle. It's Yo, like Grand Theft Auto. Do you think, oh, Degra, photo. Do you think we're gonna see any, uh, as a fellow Mark yourself, we're gonna see any New World Order and WO stuff from Rodman? Because, oh, dude, he was on, I didn't think of that, bro. He was on Nitro before a playoff game. Like, come I didn't on, think son. Of that. Wow, yo, you can't tell. Listen, there's two things that I'm really looking forward to one is that the wrestling, because mm-hmm. also Carl Malone, let's not forget, Malone, Malone was yeah. also with DDP, but. You can't tell the, the bull story without that because, like, yo, imagine now, son, if, like, 
before a playoff game, uh, Anthony Davis was like, yo, I'm going to just go to Vegas or like, I'm going a, I'm to a go on Monday Night Raw and walk out with fucking Roman Reigns. Like, what? You know how much nah, shit he would get? No shot. They would, they would kill him on uh, social media, on all these shows. They would. No way. Dude, we saw it as Giants fans. We had those fucking legends go on the Miami boat trip. And it's, <laughs> we've won like nine games since. And they still years. debate that. Yeah, we haven't won double-digit games since. Yeah. Yeah, because of social media, bro, where back then, like, it was easy for, not easy, but it was easier to just be like, yo, I'm going to peace out and go to Vegas for, for two days, or I'm yeah. going to go on these, you know, there's stories that I think parts five and six, people say, parts five, six, and seven, from what I'm reading of the people that have watched this documentary deal, not to mm -hmm. spoil it too much, this is where you're going to see MJ be a dick, and oh, you really? kind of... You kind of saw it towards the tail end of that last episode where he's talking to that dude. And apparently that's one of MJ's like good buddies. Purnell, I think his name was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, yo, man, you drinking every night. He's like, yo, M. He's like, come on, he's like, M. Mom and dad, yeah. Yeah. He's like, yo, you're not faithful, bro. And he's like, come <laughs> on, man. People go see this. Yeah. So they've been saying that MJ was really worried about how people are going to perceive him after these documentaries because – he he does strike me as like an asshole though. Um, I feel like that like it's I don't know if it like this is uh, a lot of people say it, it comes with the territory I guess. Yeah. You know your Mike and your Mike you just won three titles that that whole video was while they were winning their third one right. Well, I th I'm pretty sure that, that video after their first. No, that video is the last season, the last dance. So think about that. You won three in a row. You just won two in a row. You're about to win three. Your Mike. You know, I guess it just comes with the territory. But um, I'm interested to see because a lot of people, they were outraged about that whole uh, cocaine in the room thing. Remember mm -hmm. in the first episode? I was watching with my dad. And uh, as soon as he heard Mike say that, he's like, I kind of don't want to watch this no more because he's selling his teammates out. Mm. You know? So I guess, you know, he, he, he does definitely come off as a, as a dick. That's for sure. Yeah, but I also think that he the gambling like yo everyone has vices and addictions right yeah. people are hooked on uh drugs alcohol gambling sex is also an addiction and sneakers. everyone has their vices what'd you say mm -hmm. sneakers, sneakers. <laughs> sneakers. Yeah, yeah. call of duty xbox <laughs> everyone has their vices and i think yeah. that you just can't tell the story of mj if you really want to tell the real story bro you can't tell it without highlighting the dark shit like the gambling the stuff. Is, yeah he's anytime he was in new jersey playing the nets or he's in at the garden he's in atlantic city the day before and there's a story uh infamous legendary story and i hope they touch on this where the day before he loses like millions of dollars in ac and then he drops 55 on the knicks yep but it's yo it's one of like my my old time sayings it's some shit i i apply to all aspects of life if you're really good at what you do people will put up with your bullshit yes and you're that, right. could, that could apply to an athlete to a professor uh just everything your girlfriend your boyfriend like they might be a dick but like it just it just there's just something about it that people put up with your bullshit when you're really good and that's what i think you yeah. see with rodman like yo if it wasn't if rodman wasn't rodman and he was just like the eighth guy on the bench they'd be like the fuck up with your vacation you ain't going yeah. nowhere yeah you're right they needed that. And it's funny, you notice Phil didn't tell um the GM about it either, uh Jerry Krause. It was Phil just told him where I go ahead and disappear. Well, they also had the hostility between them two. Because remember yeah. there was Phil Jackson, he could go eighty two and oh, you're not coming back. MJ said, I'm only playing for Phil, else I'm not yep. coming back. So in that season, they probably knew that again, that's why it's very important to remember that that this documentary is highlighted mainly about that last dance the last season for the bulls but they're just showing you all this stuff that led to it that led to it and i think at that point phil jackson and mj were just like yo fuck this guy jerry Krause, man yeah you they know, were on like, their own page he's about to ruin this shit that we like yo the, it's so hard for you to find a generational talent like that like we throw the term generational around so much but like yo at, the bulls became something because of michael jordan yeah right like in, in all sports, like the Patriots were never the Patriots until Brady came along. The Colts, the mm -hmm. same shit with Peyton Manning. Yeah. Like, 
that's just the kind of things that happen. Sure, like the Lakers and the Celtics, because they've been around for so long, they're iconic franchises. They're going to be something long after Bird and Magic, yeah. which they have been. You know, they're going to be long after Paul Pierce and even Colby. It's just that's part of their legacy. Yeah. But like, dude, if a guy was to go – like if Giannis was to bang out three titles in four years with Milwaukee, like the Bucks are going to become a household name. Not that they're not yep. a household name, but to that magnitude. So I think Phil Jackson, one thing that they really showed in this one too was – what about the Knicks not getting violated for the first time in this documentary? Actually showing the Knicks winning? <laughs> Doing something right. Yo, not, like like 80 seconds into episode one, it's Scottie Pippen throwing it on you. And you're like, what the <laughs> fuck, yo? We can't even enjoy this shit before we get yammed on. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But uh, also, I want to ask you, how many backstory episodes do you think we're going to get? Or are we going to get like a Steve Kerr one? Uh, how many players do you think they're going to cover? Oh, man. I think they'll definitely cover... I don't know if they'll dedicate one to Steve Kerr, but I think like the random white dude episode where like yeah. John Paxson and Steve Kerr together. Cause yo, I used to say this about college basketball teams. Like the, the one that I really associated it with was remember Florida when they had like Al Horford and Joe Kim Noah and they went back to yeah. back. It was like mm-hmm. Corey Brewer, Horford, <laughs> yeah. uh, Noah. And then it was like Humphreys. Mm-hmm. It was like the random white dude that would just, buck threes from that'd be you bro if you were a college basketball player you <laughs> would just jog up and down the court and just spot up and hit fucking bangers that's the only thing i could do but like yo paxton and kerr were a big part of this because they were they were starters for those teams and they would hit big shots for them and i think that those guys will probably be highlighted especially when you look at what steve kerr has done since like he'd be, yo, yeah. he was a you remember him on tnt yeah like yo he was a mad good broadcaster too and now he's yeah he a, was an awesome head coach with the Warriors. And I just think those guys are going to be spotlighted. I think we're going to start going more into uh, deeper into MJ stuff also. Yeah. I think maybe some Horace Grant, which I don't know. It seemed like Horace Grant might have gotten his moments in the with the Pistons stuff. Yeah, I was going to say that. What did you think about the uh, the beef with the Pistons? Did you enjoy that coverage of the Bulls and Pistons? Yeah, that was uh... – that was, uh, that was probably, like, the most – I think it's, like, the most entertaining part so far because you love to hear about, you know, the playoff battles and behind the scenes. Mike telling everybody, listen, we need to bulk up and we need to work out and gain muscle because I'm trying to inflict pain. I thought that was probably the most interesting stuff so far, just to hear how they felt, you know. And then to hear Isaiah Thomas and him talk about it. What I'm really interested in is uh, next week they showed uh, the Dream Team episode, mm. I guess, and Isaiah Thomas didn't make the team. And it's a, it's like a, a conspiracy in sports of why he didn't, because he was one of the best players in the league at the time. Why didn't he make it? Even uh, the coach of the team coached the Pistons. Yeah. So why wasn't his point guard Isaiah Thomas on the team? And uh, he says uh, something about Scotty Pippen. I don't know if you saw that. He goes, I heard Scotty Pippen didn't want me on the team. Tell Scotty Pippen to keep his fucking mouth closed. He's Scotty Pippen. He ain't Mike. Something like that. So it's gonna be interesting to hear what they say about that. I loved the beef with the Pistons because every team always has that one team that they got to get over the hump. Mm-hmm. And then they showed that. And I, I love that part that you mentioned about them putting on weights because you always heard the stories about MJ. Like if if he struggled one year in free throws, he would take like 100,000 free throws that summer. Mm-hmm. Or like you even heard cases where he would go and like work with like not Olajuwon. That was like uh, LeBron. LeBron went, took that one off season when he couldn't back down like J.J. Barea. Mm-hmm. He worked on his post game and then he came back, shot like 68% from the field, which was mm-hmm. shit. But you always heard that with, with, with MJ where he did whatever it took to win. And also that, that segues into Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson comes in as the head coach and it took a while for – MJ to be like, yo, man, I kind of miss Doug Collins because Collins made me Air Jordan. Like, he unleashed it. And and Doug Collins mentions that in the documentary, how he's like, yo, he won Defensive Player of the Year. He won a scoring title. He was league MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, scoring title. I said that already. Uh, NBA All-Star MVP. He's like, all that shit. But then you started hearing the rumblings about, yo, six years in the league, you haven't won. Yep. You're, you're a great scorer, but you can't carry a team. And then it took Phil Jackson to come in. How much do – you, do you think Phil Jackson gets enough credit for what he did, especially now when you see – because for me, 
seeing all these personalities that he had to manage, bro, and even the front office shit, the fact that he was able to be so player-friendly, I think is a big part of his success. Nah, yeah, he definitely deserves everything. And uh, it's, it's uh, interesting what you said about Mike. They said uh, he took the ball out of Mike's hand. Mm-hmm. You know, he made Scottie Pippen better, how – he started as a point guard, but he grew. But in this new system, he could, you know, carry, uh, dribble the ball more and everything. He made the team better. And um, they pointed it out. I think I forgot what series it was. I think it was uh, the no, not the Pistons series. What series? Michael said was uh, dishing the ball out, and uh, all his teammates were hitting the open shots. It was the Lakers. Oh yeah, it was a final series, right? The Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. And that was that was Phil, and Phil was telling me. I was trying to get him to realize that the whole time. And, you know, that started the, the title runs. You can only be so good with one player being dominant. And that's what they saw, um, you know, in those first uh, five years. And then Phil takes over and you get a Mike that doesn't see the ball as much, but the team, the team starts winning. Scotty gets better. They get, you know, everybody uh, is on the same page and they win. I just remember. I'm sorry to interrupt. I also thought it was a very interesting concept, how he connected with, uh, Rodman and the yes, whole you the tribal me thing. Yeah. That I thought was a very interesting concept. And I actually, you know, I, I thought it was pretty cool. Well, they also show how, like, he was, like, the super hippie and was, like, on acid. Yeah. And, oh, like, he said he tried acid. <laughs> yeah. So he was a wild card, too. And I think that he was able to relate to Dennis Rodman, where, like, yep. yo, you want to just let loose, man? Like, I've been there. I feel you. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Just you know, don't let your teammates down. And then ultimately he sent Michael Jordan over there to like, you know, get his ass right. But I also think as we're winding down here, there was one thing that I really, really enjoyed. And uh, I don't know if you caught this, but I'm like, I'm always that dude that like notices the person in the crowd kind of, and, uh, and, and like certain mannerisms. But when they mentioned the Scotty migraine game to MJ, mm-hmm. where, where does that rank as far as shit that gets Michael Jordan upset when he has to remember? Oh, that's probably up there. Imagine telling Mike I have a migraine and I can't see. Like, imagine but just, telling him that. Just because that's known in, in, in Chicago. That's known. And I, I didn't know this until, like, I looked it up as it was happening. I've been doing – this is the first thing I've watched in a very long time, bro, that I have my laptop with me. And when shit mm-hmm. happens, or, like, my phone, and I kind of just, like, Google it. Like, obviously, yeah. Carmen Electra, but that was for different reasons. But <laughs> – but like Scottie Pippen, I didn't know how much he was getting paid, right? Yeah. And then I didn't know the shit about Jerry Krause. I didn't know some stuff about Phil Jackson. And then the Scotty migraine, that was like a national headline. And then you see Michael yeah. Jordan be like, oh, the Scotty migraine game. Like, you know, he wanted to like be like, yo, fuck this motherfucker, man. Yeah, for sure. Think about it. They had to deal with that a whole offseason. The Scotty yeah. migraine game. And yo, again, I think, I don't know how you, where do you stand as far as like, greatness are you like a big do you put a big emphasis on championships um yes and no i'm kind of in the middle because you know you have i feel like you have to you need one right but at the same time it depends it's a team game you know i don't know it's it's tough but i feel like you need at least one though you can't be one of the greatest and not have anything so this is where when i was younger and one of them was to have a pro eli argument and like to mm-hmm. support my guy, Easy E, was I would always say like, "Yo, you got to get rings, you got to get rings." And I think getting into sports media and, and getting into um, covering sports from a different perspective and just like the inside of it, and I guess also maturing, Dill, as a sports fan. Yeah, it's fucking hard to win a ring, and that's also it's something that hard. they show here, where very. like, yo, they didn't beat the Pistons that year when they lose Game Seven because this this dick got a migraine, and then like. Yeah. How, how is it my fault that if I'm LeBron James, I lose Kyrie and Kevin Love, my two best players, right? Yeah. How is it my fault that, you know, this legend fouls out with eight minutes to go? We blow the game like, yo, it's hard. You know, you got to deal with the BS between ownership and GM and head coach. And then you got to make sure you're healthy, yep. right? Because you can control that for the most part. But then like, mm-hmm. what if Rodman didn't come back from his bender? He's just like, yo, I'm out, bro. I retire now. I'm just going to be knee deep in carbon electra <laughs> moving forward and staying at the fucking venetian or wherever it the hell he probably was. wouldn't have that that other ring i just but think it's, it's hard man it's but think hard. about this though he won he won six rings you know yeah. that's hard to do too yeah that's 
that's probably harder than you know. It's harder to not win, you know. Yeah. It's harder than that. So that just tells you greatness. Guys win multiple times. All right. Last thing as we're winding down here, they finally beat the Pistons. The Pistons storm off the court and they don't shake hands. Did that bother you? No. Um, I kind of don't mind that. It shows, uh, you know, like the passion, the the hatred, the the competitiveness. I don't mind that at all. They made a big deal out of it. I guess because they showed the videos of when the Pistons beat them so many times. Mm-hmm. And Mike was, you know, congratulating them. Good luck. Good, good series. But I don't mind that at all. It's uh, It shows like a, you know, competitiveness. I'm with you, bro. There's some times where uh, if I losing something when I was playing, when I was younger, like I just got no sportsmanship, man. I care about this shit so much. And like, dude, I remember we lost in the playoffs my junior year playing football. Mm-hmm at Bryant and we lost to John Adams. And then week one, my senior year, we open up against them. And like the, the first drive, I like fucking snap my ankle. I tear like some ligaments in my Achilles and we ended up losing that game. I didn't shake no one's hand. I was just like, yo, mm. fuck that. Yo, I, I waited nine months for this. And like, yo, sometimes, and I think that, yo, I think that's a real, real acceptable reaction. Like, I think it is too. It's a human, it's a human feeling. Like, yo, why do I have to forgive you if you were being a dick to me? Right? Yep. Like, you know, I wish nothing, I wish no harm to you, but like I don't need to fuck with you. Right. No, and you I don't. don't I don't need to go. And I know uh, coming from your background as a big hockey fan, that's something that hockey players do, right? I think yeah, I think it's a really cool thing that after a series, like you shake hands, they do that whole line thing at the middle of the ice. Yeah. But I also wouldn't fault the guy who just went like, yo, imagine you went seven games, right? You went into three OTs and then you lost a heartbreaker, which I think overtime hockey is the most devastating way to lose, you know, because that (laughs) shit literally just ends like that (laughs) on an instant. Because even in baseball, like unless unless you have last licks and it's the bottom and then like you walk off like that, that's different. But you have a chance to respond, right? Like, yo, you should have scored in the innings prior. Yeah. Or even in basketball, you have a timetable. Like, you have a you have a clock. And it's like, all right, we still got three minutes. Or, but, man, in hockey, it's like. It hurts, bro. You, you can have 20 shots in that overtime. And one fucking legend just screens the goalie. <laughs> and it goes top shelf. And then you're like, oh, fuck, it's over. Uh-huh. I can feel that. I can feel that dude on the hockey team that's been with one team for 10 years and has never gotten to a Stanley Cup final. And he's like, yo, fuck this, man. I don't want to shake hands. Yep. That didn't bother me is what I'm trying to say. It's, it's real passion. And, you know, when people act like that, you know, they really care about it. And if I know that those athletes care about it, I'm going to want to watch it more, you know? That's what they complain about in the new NBA. Oh, everybody's friends, too much, this, this, that. But back then, they cared. They don't want to shake hands. It's an issue, you know? I think, I think it's better that way. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a real raw emotion. Mm-hmm. And it's something that you can't. Uh, I just think you can't fake and you got to appreciate it. You hear it all the time. Like you said, you want to see more from your athletes and you want to see them be be more fired up and more authentic. And then you have some shit like Richard Sherman, right? Richard Sherman does that play and like do 90 seconds after poor Aaron Andrews. Great girl, by the way. (laughs) Gets thrown in front of that fucking lunatic. Uh Like, oh, Sherman, how do you feel? Gets on the mic and like, what do you want him to say? Oh, yeah. yeah, uh yeah. Hats off to our opponents. It's like, yo, this guy's been getting shit talk. They played each other twice a year. Yeah. Like, and they, they see each other in the offseason and there's hostility. Like, yeah, bro, I'm going to snap. Like, fuck. Mm-hmm. But, all right. What are you looking forward to? We'll, we'll end with this. What are you looking forward to moving forward? Is there, is there something that you'd want to see? I know you alluded to it. Maybe some guys that you want to see spotlighted. Like, what are you looking forward to in the, in the future episodes of The Last Dance? I'm looking forward to how they portray the baseball thing. Um, the, his father dying thing. Because mm-hmm. I'm a big conspiracy theorist, and we all know the conspiracies behind that, which maybe we can talk about when it happens. Um, and I'm also looking forward to Kobe Bryant. Yeah, Kobe makes an appearance, I think, in the next the next two parts. Yep, those are the three things I'm kind of you know keen on. That and I guess the sneakers, but we all know what you know the sneakers and whatever. But those are the three major things that uh, I'm kind of looking forward to. Yeah, I I want to see some gambling. I want to see some real shit. <laughs> to me, that's the yeah. I want I want to see I want to see some of these stories, man. I want to see how true they are. And I also yeah. think uh, if you read body language, you could tell by by some of the reactions and how they say like when when MJ gets shown the iPad and he's listening to Isaiah Thomas's comments mm-hmm. on why they did that. He's just looking at it like, child, please, 
That's like, bullshit. Yeah. That bullshit. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So, yo, Dill, you're the man, bro. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks again. Uh, tell the people where they could contact you and maybe send you pictures of sneakers, make you jealous. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at D-L-A-B-R-A-N-D-I. That's D-A-L-I-B-R-A-N-D-I. You can find me at The Lamb Show, at Veterans Minimum, everything for the show. I got some videos. I put up a draft cliches video. It's getting some good feedback on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Veterans Minimum. And I got some other stuff coming out this week. And uh, Alan and I will be back this week with some more NFL stuff. And, yo, next week, bro, I know you're going to be hyped for this. We got some UFC coming. Oh, I'm ready. About time. Tony or Justin, give me a prediction right now. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, with a Tony Ferguson. Let's go. We need it, man. I don't think we the fight's going to last more than, like, three minutes, though. It's just going to be an – what do we say? An Alabama slobber knocker? <laughs> it's going to be a ball-fast brawl. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be crazy. But I, I'm going with Ferguson. Just because I need, I need to see that Khabib match. I've been waiting years for that. Ah, Justin is uh Gaethje's no joke, man. I'm I'm He's worried not. about that. I really want to see Tony and Khabib, but I think Gaethje might not be down with that. You ever think at like what is Tony Ferguson like 38 now? Or is he 36? Yeah, he's old, man. He's older. Yeah, so I mean, one of these days you might see a Ferguson that gets hit and can't, you know, rebound the way he always does. Because in every fight he gets he gets hit pretty. There's always that one time where he almost gets dropped. Yeah, and as you get older, I, I worry about that with him. Um, you know, it's harder to to bounce back from that. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm excited, man. I'm looking forward to that. All right, guys, we'll catch you guys next time. Nikki too ill, can't let it drop and me spill. Clogging the lane, I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled, not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code, program.